Welcome to Future Stories, a brand new podcast from thejournal.ie. We're partnering with Volkswagen, a leader in automotive technology trends, to look to the future, one vision at a time. Throughout the series, we'll be exploring the future of everything from mealtimes to housing to your weekly supermarket shop and speaking to innovators and change makers. stand here okay yeah and face this way okay okay and then when you put on the headset just stare at the word aurora yeah and then it will automatically play oh it turned on <laughs> is it on yeah i'll put down the ears there. <laughs> so you can just watch and enjoy can i walk over to the squirrel you can Pink Kong Animation Studios in Dublin city centre released Ireland's first ever virtual reality film, Aurora, earlier this year. I headed along to the offices to meet the company's co-founders, Neve Herity and Aoife Doyle, and to check out Aurora for myself. What I want to know is if a VR headset could soon form part of a midweek night in front of the telly, or a Saturday evening cinema date. There's the credits. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. They just come up in front of you. Can we take it? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> that was amazing. Did you enjoy it? Well, I can't believe I'm standing in this office. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. You expect to be in like yeah. a, a forest, don't you? Neve and Aoife were commissioned to make Aurora last year after coming first place in a two day pitching competition. It's a wonderful, emotional and beautifully animated narrative set in a woodland complete with deer and birds and even a few humans. The whole thing lasts just five minutes, but it feels far longer, which Neve and Aoife say was kind of the point. Yeah, we were given a theme um, called the 25th hour um, and then we kind of paired that back uh, to just time and we did it for, um, we made the film to be give people a space to to kind of just appreciate the nature of time itself. The guys at Pink Kong knew that the virtual reality medium was not just new for them, but also for Irish audiences. So they had plenty of obstacles to overcome. It's kind of amazing the, the difference from a regular film experience and uh, a VR film experience. Uh, it really pulls you into it. And it was very hard, I guess, for us at the start yeah. to wrap our heads around how we would do that um, coming from a traditional kind of flat screen creating films for cinema and TV like when we first started this we didn't even have a headset um, so we were coming from a complete 2D background you know um, and you kind of have to plot out how you want um, the viewer to look like what's the ideal version of the film because it's completely different you're, you're, you have to direct the audience and not just the film anymore in VR. With their first virtual reality film done and dusted and three more in discussions, Neve and Aoife are definitely early adopters of virtual reality filmmaking in Ireland. Do they think it could ever replace traditional cinema or TV? I don't think you'll ever replace like cinema um, or the way that film has been traditionally made because it's such an expert craft, like it's a beautiful art form. Um, but VR is a different beast. And it gives a different experience. Um, even like when first headsets came out and the quality is not great in the fidelity of the screens, but you still love the experience you're having because you're getting all these other senses, you know, or you feel like you know, you're able to walk in it and you feel completely immersed. So 
it's a different thing. I think they they complement each other, and a lot of um, big blockbusters are now bringing out uh, a VR to complement it, like Ghost in the Shell or Spider Man. What I'm still wondering though is if VR will ever become something that lots of people enjoy with their friends on a Saturday night, or at home with their families in the living room. To find out, I get in touch with Colm Slevin, an Irish animation and graphics expert who left Lucasfilm in 2015 to move to Oculus, one of the world's leaders in virtual reality storytelling. Colm speaks to me from San Francisco. My name is Colm Slevin and I work for the uh, content team at Oculus. I'm the head of experiences and my team focuses on storytellers. We focus on narrative and experiential entertainment and on helping developers and creators Uh, make things in VR that can't be categorized in a straightforward way and certainly can't be categorized necessarily as games. Oculus's most famous virtual reality film to date, Dear Angelica, is far away from the robot-killing themes you traditionally associate with VR. Instead, the viewer steps inside the imagination of a young girl reliving memories of life with her late mum. Her mum is voiced by Gina Davis. It premiered at Sundance last year to huge critical acclaim. And Colm says Dear Angelica is content that simply couldn't exist as a traditional film. I mean, you could show someone the 2D movie and it would be pretty, but it, it, you, would, you would miss this sense of being immersed in someone's imagination. We feel like VR is at this tipping point or approaching a tipping point um, that I sort of refer to as escaping the sideshow. That in the, similar to the early days of cinema, like in the 1890s, where cinema was literally a sideshow, you would go to... Uh, an event or a, a fair, and you pay a penny and you peer through a, a zoopraxiscope or a, a, a cinemascope or one of these devices and you see a piece of film. But nobody thought about bringing that into their home. They would come home and say, I saw this thing and it was amazing and it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. But they didn't think about, you know, going to a theater full of people to see films until storytellers started to really you know, come to grips with the medium and use it to express their ideas until the George Malise of the world started, you know, uh, really telling stories that couldn't be told in books or in stage plays on the screen. I think people are always open to trying. People are always intrigued and curious. There's something there's something intriguing and seductive about, like, the first time somebody tries something like VR, they're, they're curious, like, what is it? What is it going to be? I've never known it not to have a profound effect on people, you know, to surprise them or, or delight them or terrify them or whatever, but it, it, it definitely has an impact on people that is lasting. Hey, how's it going? I'm at Future Shock in Smithfield in Dublin with Dara and Dave, two willing volunteers. We're here with the owner, Connor, to try out one of the arcade's multiplayer games, a shoot 'em up game where you're tasked with killing hundreds of robots. What makes this arcade a little different to the ones you might remember from your childhood is that every game here is played via virtual reality. So we've got these, we've got a, a kind of a big headset on our, on our face, uh, which kind of covers all our vision around us, kind of 180 degrees. Can you see your hands there? Uh, yeah, they're floating. It's so good. You reload like a real gun by grabbing the bullets and loading it up. And then you, you move about and you shoot the... There we go. You shoot the enemies that are around you. Thank you. I back. Appreciate that. Future Shock is one of thousands of similar VR arcades around the globe. It looks pretty low-key inside, with rows of PC monitors, dividers and headsets, plus a reception area and a party zone for kids. 
But the arcade forms part of a gaming industry that's expected to be worth around 38 billion euro worldwide by 2025. So right now it looks like I'm kind of in a, a, a futuristic warehouse and there is a bunch of robot-y kind of creatures shooting at me. Uh, they're appearing out of like, looks like little kind of vessel tunnel things and uh, they're relentless, they're relentless but but apparently I've been shot. Over in San Francisco, Colm also thinks audiences are finally ready for something new. Something beyond the traditional 2D screen. I feel like VR is at that sort of tipping point that creators have been at this game for a couple of years now. And that's sort of the, the very beginning, I think, of the, of, the, of the overall evolution of VR. I don't think success for VR is clobbering TV or, or replacing cinema. I feel like success with VR is, is you know, creating a, a completely new art form that exists in the gaps between those other types of media. I think social is critical. I think communal experiences are, are really important. Um, I think that the immersion and the sort of individual experience is still very powerful. But I think the thing that's going to turn this into a a, a global phenomenon is going to like lead to that like moment of mass adoption is going to be when you can show up, you know, much in the same way that people show up at places, you know, at, at, at sort of theme parks or, or events that they love because they want to experience it with their friends. Um, much in the same way that if you could, if you can have that sort of depth of that experience and the thrill of that experience in your own home, but with, with, you know, a multitude or a number of people that you know and love and and uh, experience it together. I think that will. I think that's the that's the the magic. Those sorts of magical social VR entertainment experiences that Colm speaks about are already happening in California, Las Vegas, and even London. An immersive VR experience called the Void takes users on a Star Wars themed journey through a galaxy far, far away to recover Imperial intelligence. You play it in teams of four walking around inside the action. Now, while there is a gaming element to it, a lot of the fun comes from just looking around you and looking at each other. Back in Dublin at Future Shock. So how did you find that? It's bizarre. Bizarre is a good word. It, but yeah, it's... You can't get away. I can understand how people get really into it, you know, and then get kind of lost in it, because we were only in there for, what, a couple of minutes? Yeah. And as soon as you take off the helmet, you're like... Okay, well, I'm back, kind of thing. Yeah, cool, very immersive, very uh, just surreal and bizarre. For more looks ahead, you can subscribe to Future Stories on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts for updates on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Future Stories is brought to you by thejournal.ie in partnership with Volkswagen, who are at the forefront of automotive technology trends, including autonomous driving, in-car connectivity and electric mobility. Volkswagen, we make the future real.